Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I am your host, and this is my podcast. And my guest today is, uh, I don't have a guest. I don't have a guest because today's episode is unlike the rest. Today's episode is dedicated to me reading all the emails that you guys have sent in that I never end up reading during the intros of all the other shows. I don't know why I don't get to them, but uh, I feel horrible about it. And I'm dying to read all of your emails, and that's what I'm going to do right now. All right. Let's get started. I do have a few announcements. Uh, I don't know. It's an inferno. I don't really have announcements as much as I just want to like let you guys know where I'm at right now. I'm completely hungover. I'm not proud of that. Okay? I'm just a person living my life, doing the best she can. Um, but I went out last night to go see A Ghost Story, uh, the latest film from David Lowry. He's a Love Alexi alum Right here, you can catch his episode right here on the Nerdist Network or on, on uh, what? Anyway, the point is, that was no disrespect to David Lowry. That was like, that was just me giving up on myself mid this podcast because I just fucking ruined myself yesterday going to see David's movie, A Ghost Story at CineFamily. Um, I'm an only child. I live by myself. Uh, and sometimes I get very excited. Oh my God, what's my, my, the, the neighbor in the building over is like doing dishes. Does she not know I'm trying to record a podcast dedicated to reading your emails from the privacy and comfort of my bedroom while I'm sweltering, just sweat, sweat, sweltering uh, and in my undies. And I'm actually, I'm wearing a, I am wearing undies, but I'm also wearing, I'm wearing a white slip. Not that it's any of your business, but I do want to set the stage a bit. All right, let's get back on track. I mean, if there ever was a track. Okay. Sometimes I get very excited when I leave my house because I am an only child. I live alone. And when I leave my place and set forth into the world and when I end up hanging out with people I adore and, and love, which is what what was happening yesterday, I got to Cine Family and oh my God, it was like all of my favorite people. David was visiting from Dallas. I had just seen him at a wedding. Oh my God, all these salt of the earth people. My friend Jade, just a million, Andrew, just a ton of great people. Hadrian, the owner of CineFamily, even though it's a nonprofit, I don't think I'm supposed to call him the owner, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. Wonderful people were at CineFamily. And I continue to get tipsier and tipsier. I started out with two glasses of iced rosé, if you will, and uh, walked over to, uh, to CineFamily. Oh, God, now you all know where I live. Ugh, I got to edit that out. Okay. Went over to CineFamily, and I think I had like five Moscow mules. Why? Because I'm an idiot. I'm 5'11", practically six feet, Moscow mules, not a great thing to transition to after two glasses of rosé, especially since my body has gotten used to drinking rosé, which is a lot less harsh on a system uh, when compared to like vodka. Vodka is just like, my God, how do people do it? Alcohol is very intense. It's, uh, it's kind of, okay. 
Um, yeah, so I just thought, oh, you know what? When in Rome, there are these fun, cute little cocktails happening. I was like, why not? I'm amongst friends. How, how weird could this get? What could I really have? This won't hurt my body. Moscow mules taste like candy. Maybe I had two Cosmopolitans, and then I transferred over to Moscow. Oh, God. Here we go. This explains everything. Okay. Five Moscow mules later, I end up speaking. The majority of the night, I was told by my friends, even though I did not black out or brown out, apparently... I did not realize that I was so filled with joy and glee talking to my friends that I was talking like this. Oh my God, you guys, this is incredible. I can't believe it. You guys, no, as if I was Minnie Mouse, as if I was some like, you know, guest star in special victims unit and I'm like some five-year-old girl or an adult woman, uh, you know, who's repressed sexual abuse that she endured as a child, which is not the case, even though I've, I've actually had dinner with, I had dinner with a woman not too long ago and she, she... She took like seven minutes out of our dinner where she insisted that I was molested. And I'm not making, I'm, this is not a laughing matter. I'm not joking around about molestation. I mean, maybe it sounds like I am. And maybe I am. But I'm not making fun of people who are molested. I'm the butt of the joke here. The point is, I was at a dinner and this woman for seven minutes, who doesn't even know me very well, insisted that I, I was uh, stifling and not really looking at the fact that I was probably molested. And I was like, you know what? I, I actually have... Uh, dug deep. I've been in therapy for like many, many years, almost 10 years. Okay. I, and she goes, you're not going deep enough. I think you were. I was like, I really wasn't. I've talked about this with my therapist. I've actually examined in therapy. Like, was I molested? My household when I, as a child was very sexualized, you know, but I, you know, <sighs> anyway, where am I going with all this? Um, that woman at that dinner party. I'd like to get to an age where I just can talk to anybody at a dinner and, uh, and just, you know, think I could just say, say something like that. I mean, I actually hope to never get that, that point. Okay. Back to Cine family. So I'm there with all my friends and, uh, not, and another side note of a side note, apparently when I'm tipsy, you know, cause I woke up going, why did I do this? I woke up with my, with my throat hurting and texts from my friends going, Hey, did you lose your voice from talking so high all night? Like in that, in that high little girl register. And I was like, oh my God, yes, I can't believe this. Why was I doing that? And I was like, why did I also feel the need to lift up all my friends that I care about and, uh, you know, adore dearly and whatever. I felt the need to lift them up without their permission and, and spin them around. That was like a big part of my night was like, I'm just like, just going up behind people, grabbing them, lifting them up and spinning them around. What an asshole. What a fucking irritating piece of shit. Or a delight. Or a light beam of hope and glee and uh, pure love. Love and light. Okay. But um, so that was yesterday and now I'm suffering and recovering from my hangover. Trying to uh, entertain you guys. You bonehead. So I hope I'm doing my job and listen. I'm just doing the best I can. I'm just trying to live my life and put out a podcast. Now, getting kind of back on track, do I want to tell you that I may or may not have a crush on a new person that I met when I was out of town the other day and there's like a, there's just some kind of like, you know, you know, uh, romantic rendezvous brewing? Of course I want to tell you that. Am I going to get into it? Probably not right now. Maybe a little bit later in, into the show, but I just want to put a pin in that, wet your palate a tad, okay? So you know that I share a little about myself 
so you don't feel like you guys just share all about yourselves in these emails. Um, also, Girls Night In uh, is coming up Saturday, July 1st. In case you guys don't know about this, and why would you, why should you? I only blast about it all over the place on my social media, at Alexi Wasser on Instagram and Twitter, mainly on Instagram. I throw a monthly gathering of 50 girls, girls only, 50 girls maximum, because I try to keep it somewhat intimate. And I, I just decided, I don't know why I decided to do this, but I thought it'd be really fun. I thought there was like a, a need for it, just for girls, strangers who just want to come, like that message me on Instagram. Uh, I find a private residence. It's a pop-up. It's in a different location every single month. I find a private residence. Uh, I get a lot of rosé, some, some snacks, some non-alcoholic options, and, uh, and then all these girls just kind of come together and it's an opportunity for girls to like laugh and mix and mingle and make new friends and, you know, and really share. Like we actually sit down. The last one we sat down in a circle. It was so adorable. We sat down in a circle and everybody went around in the circle, introduced themselves, kind of like an Al-Anon meeting. I've said this before. I'll say it again. But it's not an Al-Anon meeting because we're drinking alcohol and there's clearly no anonymity because at times people do insta story because uh, we're only human. Okay? How dare you? Um, you got to let the people do what they want to do sometimes. Um, but yeah, and everybody goes around kind of talking about what they're noticing, what they're dealing with, what they're struggling with, like internal spirals, heartbreak, love, affairs with married men, uh, sexual abuse, like crazy real shit. And it was a beautiful thing to not only, you know, I shared with the group and, and I hosted them and and met all these wonderful girls and some girls had already come to other girls night in um, prior. And everybody was, everybody was so loving and respectful and kind and cool and interesting and, and like, and everybody used each other as like a sounding board to feel less alone or kind of work through whatever it is they're working through. And I don't know, it was just such a simple DIY event and the next one is is coming up this Saturday. So I'm, I'm hoping it's as cozy and wonderful and warm and fun and just, yeah, as it's like all the other ones have been, especially the last one, the last one, they're only getting better and better. So I hope I'm not jinxing it, but, uh, and then I'm going to do another one Saturday, July 29th. So every four weeks. And if you're interested in going and you want to be a part of that, just DM me on Instagram, uh, at Alexi Wasser. But it's funny because I was like, I used to, oh my God, I love Beverly Hills 90210. And I remember there's this one episode where Brenda Walsh wants to have a night of female bonding, but really what it is, is is a slumber party. And all the girls are like, ugh, we're too old and we're too cool to go to a slumber party. She's like, no, it's, it's a night of female bonding. And uh, I love that episode. And I've watched it a lot recently because it inspires me. It's, uh, you know, it's something that is a key inspiration for girls night in and except nobody sleeps over come on that's a little too much um so yeah so I'm really excited about that uh and now I'm going to get to the emails because I'm excited I have no idea what you're going to say okay is a relationship with an expiration date worth it help hello Alexi, I am bored at work and came across your tweet asking for questions. I always felt very weird writing to internet strangers, but you seem like a kindred spirit and it doesn't feel as weird. I love that you're so open about feeling your feelings because I also have a lot of feelings all the time. Ah, anyway, I love your pod and listen every single week. Okay, so here's my situation. I met a very cool, smart dude about two months ago. We've been seeing each other regularly since we met. 
We had a sort of instant connection and everything was cool and casual until about two weeks ago when he told me that he was going to stop seeing other people, but I don't have to. I responded by saying that I already wasn't because I truly don't have the time to date much, plus I like him and I don't really have an interest in other people at the moment. So here's the kicker. He's moving away to attend law school in the fall. This is already done and decided and was before we ever even met. This information didn't deter me initially because I wasn't thinking of this as a long-term situation. But as time passes, my feelings are growing and I don't know what I've gotten myself into. Is this a bad idea to pursue? Is a relationship with an expiration date worth it? Am I just setting myself up for a broken heart? Help! By the way, if this matters, I'm 23 and he is 26. And this is weird, but I'll be in LA next month. Any recommendations? I'm checking it out to see if I'd like to move there next year. So any tips on LA? I would love to hear. Signed, Gabe. Um, oh my god. Well, I slightly changed the name of the thing, but oh, signed Gabby. Signed Gabby. Um, Gabby, listen to me. Every relationship has an expiration date because we're all just fucking going to die. You could meet this dude, fall in love with him, he could get hit by a bus. You could also get hit by a bus. I don't know, you know, like, uh, you can't think that way. You just have to enjoy him and he'll and let him just be happy with you and vice versa while it's happening. And, and then you'll either figure it out or you won't, you know? And it doesn't, listen, yeah, being in love is the greatest thing in the world. But sometimes that involves heartbreak, but I'd rather risk getting my heart broken than not experience all the good stuff. I mean, my goodness, it could end everything as an expiration date. I mean, yeah. Or, and everything has the possibility to expire, to end, you know, somebody could cheat on you. Somebody could just change their mind. You never, there's, there's, you know, so just relax. Okay. He's going to go to school. You might move to LA. Everything's going to be fine. It's all going to work itself out time and uh and we'll just kind of work all of itself out um oh man i'm already rambling god this fucking moscow mules god damn it um oh man and if you want to know where to where to meet your new boyfriend when you move to la let me tell you um god la recommendations so many all right the grove Erwan on beverly boulevard Cinefamily on Fairfax, Whole Foods on Santa Monica Boulevard in Fairfax, Venice, Laurel Canyon, the Beachwood Market up Beachwood Canyon uh, above Franklin, uh, the 101 Cafe on Franklin where uh, they did a lot of, uh, they shot Swingers. I don't know if you ever heard of that movie. If you've ever seen it, you should check, you should check it out. Um, what else? I mean, I don't know what you like. Malls? Why am I just assuming you like malls? What, because girls like malls? That's fucked up. But uh, I love them. So how about this? Have you ever been to the Beverly Center or heard of it? It's a classic on La Cienega. Um, Larchmont is a street uh, with a lot of cute things. Uh, Larchmont Beauty Center, lots of beauty, fun beauty supplies. You can hang out there for hours, just mesmerized by different scents and makeup and what have you. Uh, coffee shops, yoga. Third Street in West Hollywood, a beautiful street filled with shops and cafes. And uh, there's a place called Scent Bar on Beverly Boulevard that I love. I think the dream is to have a boyfriend, to go there with him, and then the two of you, uh, well, maybe forget the boyfriend, leave him at home. This is when you need some time on your own. You go there, you, you meander, and uh, you smell a bunch of different fragrances for hours. And then you go home, and uh, you tell your boyfriend, listen, 
if you went out of that doghouse, I've never said doghouse before ever, you go, if you went out of that doghouse, you better get me that fragrance that I fell in love with earlier today, or that cool candle, or that nice, non-patchouli smelling box of incense that I, I put on hold for you to get for me later. Um, so those are some thoughts and ideas. I definitely love the farmer's market that's attached to the grove. And there's also a, uh, every Sunday on Melrose, there's a Melrose trading post on Melrose and Fairfax. And, uh, I don't know, Malibu, just drive down sunset is a beautiful scenic drive down sunset going West on sunset and make a right on the PCH. And it's beautiful. And, uh, I think that's enough. I think I've told you enough. Oh, walk down Melrose, tons of shopping. There's a fancy part of Melrose. that's kind of like West of La Cienega, but then there's like the more raunchy, silly, fun side with all these ridiculous, unnecessary shops that are probably like human trafficking fronts. Uh, that's between like La Brea and, uh, La Brea and Fairfax on Melrose. So I have tons of choices. You're welcome. I feel good about it. So good luck with your boyfriend. However long it lasts, be kind to each other. Treat him well. Make sure, you know, he treats you uh, like you want to be treated, which hopefully is lovingly. And, uh, oh, by the way, another thing about relationships, because you're both so young, 23 and 26, there's always something to be learned because it probably will end. What are you going to do? Get married? Do you want to get married this young? Probably not. Do Do you know how many more people there are for you to hope you don't get an STD from, or I'm sorry, STI from? A lot. There are a lot of makeouts to happen. A lot of adventures to go on, a lot of hijinks, rendezvous. Um, so yeah, I hope you don't get married to this guy. Thank God it's gonna end. Well, do you see that? Like I, I'm, I've clearly not rehearsed reading any of these emails because this is what it's gonna be like, guys. Hungover in the sweltering heat, wearing next to nothing, in my bedroom as I talk to essentially only myself, um, reading your emails, not having had any any idea of what I would be reading or what kind of advice I would be uh, asked of. Okay. But I do feel like every relationship, when I would get out of a relationship, if I were, you know, if, if it ended for whatever reason, as heartbroken as I was, I always made sure to take a moment and go, what did I learn from that? Like, I really did that. I don't know how I knew to do that or if somebody told me to like if I saw it in some you know we auction network special but uh yeah you can always learn something you can always learn what doesn't work for you too that's an interesting takeaway every time every time I date someone I go okay well that happened I think that happened for a reason and what did I learn from it and now I know what I don't want in my next relationship or, and you know, you now you, then you know what everything kind of like takes you closer to what you, uh, is more right for you. I think I'm going to read this. This is an Instagram direct message, but I, I printed it out. I sent it to myself. I screen grabbed it, emailed it to myself, and then I fucking printed it out. And this person says, Alexis. Well, first off, my name is Alexi, but you know what? I don't know you either. So who cares? Alexis, have you ever been with a guy who only kisses in smooches? There's this guy I really like, but he doesn't know how to kiss. He doesn't know how to kiss continuously. It's only like short, noisy smooches. It's such a turnoff. All right. I'm not going to say who this is, but I know you're listening because I told you to listen because I told you I would be answering it. 
on this episode. Um, oh, God. Oh, bad kisser. How, what a bummer. Oh my God. Um, it happens. I don't know if I've ever dated a guy who only kisses and smooches, but I've, this is like, let's unpack this. Okay. There's a lot, there's a lot we can do here. I don't know you. I wish I could call you up and we could really get into it. I wish I could kiss you and see if you're to blame, but maybe you have bad breath and the person is like, get away from me. Smooch. Um, I've had a kiss where I kissed a guy and he opened his mouth and I thought he was going to stick his tongue out. And it was just like a dark black hole, like nothing happened. And then, and then, and I would stick my tongue into his mouth and I think I've been, I'm a great kisser. I mean, does everybody think they're a great kisser? Because I actually do believe, because I've been told, and I've kissed everybody in the world pretty much, like pretty much, or at least California, in New York, and London probably too. I've traveled a bunch. I've made out with a ton. And the feedback has been great. And I don't, I really don't think I was getting bullshitted. Um, so I kissed a guy and, yeah, you know, you do, you do the initial smooch. There's the parting of the lips. Things are happening. You gotta, you know, you don't want to like ram your tongue down in somebody in somebody's mouth, but the, the parting of the lips, and then the a tongue comes out, and then you're, you're making out, you're French kissing. The other person sticks their tongue out, and you get a vibe going. It's like a dance. It's very cool. Okay, so I kissed this guy, and then I parted my lips after the initial smooch, and he did too. And I stuck my tongue in his mouth. Couldn't find a tongue. For a moment, worried, does he not have a tongue? This is crazy. And then a, and then as I was retreating and taking my tongue back into my mouth, then a tiny little turtle darty turtle tongue kind of came out of his mouth and our timing was all off. And then and then I was retreating, but then I, I like felt the vibes of the turtle tongue coming my way. And I was like, oh, did you, oh, wait, wait, let me get back in there. But then he retreated himself, so it's like, oh my god, this, that's, that was one thing that comes to mind, a horrible kissing situation. Another time, I kissed a guy. Oh, I dated him for like maybe two months. Kisses were horrible, and they never got better. And at one point, I actually went, I think we need to work on our kisses. And uh, he was like, oh, really, we do? And I said it charmingly. I didn't say it abrasive. I didn't want to put him on the spot. I didn't want to assign blame or or put too much attention on it because then you would you know it would get stressful and then we'd never get over it because it would be like all he might think about so I tried to be casual about it but uh yeah it never got good and you know what I ended up doing with that guy when we would have sex cover your ears if uh I'm dating you or you're just uh sensitive when I would have sex with this person many years ago our kisses were horrible, and in order to reconcile that, I remember being like, spit in my mouth. Like, that, to me, was like the way to solve the problem, because I just needed some kind of like spit, mouth-on-mouth connection. So then it turned into this like even nastier, weird, like what could have been the sensual, wonderful, like warm, cozy makeout was now like, oh, what, what can we do here? Yeah, guess you should, guess you just spit in my mouth. So he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, do it. And, uh, and then when I tell my friends that, they're repulsed. But then I'll have like a, a girlfriend here and there who'll be like, what's wrong with that? And, and then I'll like wink at her. I'll be like, yeah, you get me. You got to do what you got to do. 
But uh, I'm sure glad I shared that on this podcast that nobody listens to. Oh, God. What am I doing? All right. Now that I'm completely single and will never be desirable to anybody in the entire world, we can get back on track here. Yeah, so I don't know what you do. You just get your tongue in his mouth. If he's only smooching, get your tongue in his mouth. But be soft and sensual and cool about it. Like, I don't know what you can do. I wish people could maybe lick his lips with your tongue. No, that's irritating. Don't do that exactly. Just just slowly but surely get your tongue in his mouth and find his tongue and then touch his tongue with your tongue and then get some shit going. I don't have any ages either. You didn't include your age or his age. I have nothing to go by. I hope that helped. This next email is from, oh man, from a guy named Nick. It says, single at 25. Hi, Lexi, I'm Nick. I think your podcast is so great and funny, and I think the emotional vulnerability and honesty you bring to each episode is brave and makes for great listening. I'm 25 and moved from Chicago to Los Angeles right before New Year's 2016. Leaving Chicago was weird because it was a city I had pictured myself living in since I was a teenager and was expecting to really start my adult life there. And as cheesy as it sounds, I always kind of pictured meeting the first love of my life there. To be completely honest, I've never been in a relationship. I've had sex and been on dates, but I've literally never said the sentence, oh, this is my girlfriend. There's a few factors that led to this. I grew up not having a lot of self-confidence because I wasn't skinny or white, so I mostly shied away from girls. In college, I came out of my shell, but every time a relationship with someone I liked seemed to be forming, it would fizzle out. So now I'm in Los Angeles. Last week, I went to the live reading of the Juno screenplay that benefited Planned Parenthood. It was amazing, but I had to admit, I had to admit, as Ellen Page and Alia Shockett saying, anyone else but you, to each other, I couldn't help but think, wow, I really thought this song would remind me of someone by now. Um, oh. So I'm asking you, being a badass feminist, new media warrior, oh, wow, thank you. Uh, what do you wish single guys knew to L.A.? new when it comes to dating hooking up is fun but to tell the truth i kind of had enough of that in college i'm looking for something real any advice signed single at 25 well first of all you're a sweetheart oh my god you are such a sweetheart let me think about this i mean the the first off first off you know what you want now you know you want something meaningful i'm getting the the feeling you want to be in love you want to have something you want to have a best friend or somebody you can talk to where there's a, an, an emotional connection. And oh my God, I can completely relate um, because there's nothing nicer. I mean, you can make out with a lot of people. You can have sex with a lot of people. There are a lot of good looking people you can have sex with. Um, but the most important thing I think is laughing with someone and being able to talk to them. I mean, of course you want to be attracted to them. You want to respect them. Um, you want to, you want to think they're interesting and, and, uh, like how their brain works. And I, but I think laughing is the most important thing. So, but first off, if you want to go down the road of like actually meeting someone you could have a meaningful relationship with, dare I say it, maybe it's time to get on an app, on an app. Maybe it's time to get on an app. Um, you know, there's Bumble. People seem to like Bumble and think it's like, got a good reputation for establishing meaningful, real relationships. And it's not just like a hookup app like Tinder, but, uh, you know, so Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, 
and you'll find what you want to find. I mean, if you're a guy and you're looking for a girlfriend, most of the time I just hear a bunch of girls being like, you can't meet good guys on these apps. They just want to fuck girls and let them rot and then, you know, abandon them. But uh, if, you, if you're looking for something meaningful, I'm pretty sure you can find a bunch of girls on Tinder or Hinge or Bumble or in real life who are also looking for what, you know, hoping to find what you're looking for, hoping to find what you want to find. Um, hmm. And also, like, I don't know. I mean, the advice I would give you is uh, you can't get too much advice from me or anybody because you just have to be who you are and then what's right for you will work with you. But I can give you little tidbits of, uh, of advice like uh, text a girl, show initiative, ask for her number, follow up with a text. If you say you're going to do something, do it. You know, be a man of your word. Uh, I mean, people should be that way in general, but that's rare. Um, you know, make a plan. If you're broke and you can't afford something, then take the girl on an ice cream date and like, you know, and pay for her ice cream and go on a walk around the city. I think that's like a really beautiful, simple, cheap date. And it, it's romantic and it will give you good word of mouth. If it doesn't work out with some girl you go on a romantic, uh, ice cream date with, she'll tell her friends and her friends will be like, really? Oh my God, what a great guy. And just, you know, Word will spread like wild wildfire. And dating might build up your confidence. I know you say you're, you're dating and you're whatever. You sound like you're fine confidence-wise and you've gotten over that and you've come out of your shell. And that's great. But just I guess it's a bit of a numbers game. But also when you realize something's not working or if you feel like you're going towards or making a bad choice in a girl for, you know, for reasons like, oh, you just want to have sex with her and you don't really want to talk to her, then then be real with yourself and then don't waste time and because you've already been down that road. So... I don't know. I think uh, I think just throw yourself out in the world and see if you like talking to the girl and if you guys laugh and you actually like spending time with her and hearing what she has to say and and uh, you could go on a road trip with her. I think that's what I've no- been noticing. Like I met someone and I'm like, God, he's somebody I could actually talk to and I wouldn't be terrified to go on a road trip with because, you know, I love my friends. I can talk to my friends all the time. And I laugh with them so much and it's so great and it's just like casual and no expectations, but we're just happy when we're around each other. And that's what I realized I want in a person that I also want to have sex with a ton. So there, you can use my model for a relationship, but just be more discerning and don't waste time on the wrong people because you'll know, just follow your intuition and uh, yeah, take the initiative. I'm old school. I know people probably hate this and they think it's not feminist or whatever, but I'm a total feminist. But I like when men uh, make the first move, get my number, text, pay for dates, uh, follow up with a, if you like the girl, follow up. Listen to the Kevin Christie episode from last week. That guy, he knows exactly what he's doing. He gave great advice as to like dating a girl and wooing her and doing all the, the most badass things that all girls hope that men will do. Just be interested and romantic and kind and not sarcastic and don't be neggy and just, and maybe take it slow. Don't have sex immediately because get, to, you know, take the time to get to know her because it's a, it's a weird thing. I used to, you know, think, oh, you don't have to take your time to get to know someone. It's okay. Like sex is fun. It's like, yeah, whatever. Everybody makes such a big deal out of it. It's just uh whatever, but it is a big deal. And I think it's more romantic to take a moment and get to know the person and uh and then the anticipation makes it all very sexy and then you get to know whether or not like you know you could hang out with somebody for two weeks and really get to know them and be like ugh, 
thank God I didn't have sex with them. I don't even like this person. Or go, wow, I really like this person now. So now when we have sex, it's going to be super meaningful. I swear this is not like a, like a Christian podcast you're listening to. I have been very promiscuous in my life. I am a wild child. Uh, I... I don't judge people for having sex or doing whatever it is the fuck they want to do. I really don't. But I'm just saying, if you're really asking, like, to try it a new way in your life where you, where you don't want to hook up with girls anymore and you don't want to, like, just date and you want something meaningful, try it a new way. All right. Good luck, Nick. Good luck. Um, oh, man. Here's another one. Holy shit. These are all very intense. All right. This one says, romantical issues need advice. Dear Alexi, my name is Grace. I am a Bay Area native and an art student, soon to graduate. I love your podcast. I got into it last year and enjoy tuning in on my, com um, on my commute to and from school. I have an issue with my now boyfriend that maybe you can give me some advice on. We've been dating seven months. He's wonderful and funny and gets along with all my friends and family. He's 26, I'm 25, and he just got a big boy job. Oh, whoa. I, I, thought, I thought you meant he got a job at big, Bob's Big Boy. Okay, let me take this back. He's 26, I'm 25, and he just got a big boy job. He's great. My question is something I think you deal with yourself from what I hear on the podcast. Uh-oh. Um, I'm wondering if that spark, over-the-moon, lustful, romantical feeling is always necessary, or I guess is it wrong if you don't have it? I'm very much into the idea that this person is for you and all that jazz. My boyfriend, Kevin, he shows love by gift giving and he's not much for expressing his feelings through words. Do you think this will just take some time and communication and it will all work out? Does it sometimes just take time or do you have to feel it right away and you always just know? I love him dearly and I feel all the feels. I've talked to him and I know he's willing to express his emotions more verbally if it's something I need. I literally just had all of these thoughts today from reading Frida Kahlo's diary and listening to Bourne's album. Huh. I just wanted to get your input and see if you've had any revelations on this topic as of recently. I'm glad you're alive and are making your feature and doing you. It's really inspiring as another young woman trying to find her way. I know this all sounds must sound so creepy, but I promise I'm normal. I just needed some girl advice. Thank you for all that. Uh, thank you for all that you do and being you. Oh my goodness, Grace, you're a sweetheart. Um, let me take this in. Now, what I'm gathering is you are questioning if because you don't have that over-the-moon, crazy, passionate, oh my God, feeling for your boyfriend, is it like, will it get there? Will it grow? Is it not right? And oh my goodness, man, it's like the blind leading the fucking blind here. Uh, I am older than you, I think. Oh, yes, yes, I'm older than you. Uh, I used to think that you had to be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm gaga, you know, crazy over this guy. Um, uh, but I am still that way. That's the funny thing. When I feel something for someone, I, I, I'm overwhelmingly intense for this for a person like I feel it I feel like oh, smitten and my heart is just like oh like so I believe you should feel that right away but what do I know like I don't know I don't know what you're used to you're used to something else you're used to something more crazy passionate and this seems very like healthy and stable and good I don't know what all the answers are but what I do know is it's definitely going to come to a head and you will get to a point where if you just listen to your intuition, if you just quiet yourself and keep dating him, 
you will hit a point where your your uh, the voice inside you will go, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I don't want to do this. Oh my god, I don't really like him. This is so boring. I don't know how I want to get out of here. Like you'll get squirmy and you'll want to leave. Now you could just be overthinking because I do that too. But sometimes I I oh God, you know what? If you're listening right now and you guys have any uh suggestions for this this girl who wrote in. I would love to hear what you think. You can send emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com because that would be interesting. Oh, and you're making references to love languages. You say that he shows his love by gift giving, which I think sounds like a dream. Um, but uh, you say he's not much for expressing his feelings with words. And you want to know if it's going to take him some time to communicate and it'll all work out. Well, if this is how he is, you kind of have to accept him how he is, Right. This is how he operates. Sounds pretty cool. He's buying you presents. Maybe he's just quiet or an introvert and this is what he does and him being there is enough and this is how he is and he adores you and he loves you and if everything is great, maybe that's, maybe this is just how it's going to be with him and it sounds like it might be a beautiful, lovely, healthy thing. If it doesn't work for you and you are better suited and would enjoy being with somebody who talks a lot, maybe you should date me. I'll be your boyfriend, but, uh, I know that I need that. I didn't realize, but oh my goodness. Oh, I met somebody who speaks and I love it. I, uh, yeah, I have a crush on a guy who, who is a great communicator and we have conversations and we talk for like four hours on the phone. I haven't even kissed him, but we talk for hours on the phone and I love it because that's what I do with my friends, my friends and I talk. I love talking. That's how I love communicating with words and, and with sex and with gift giving and whatever. But like, I didn't even realize that like, yeah, I want to laugh and talk. And this person makes me laugh and, you know, listens to me talk, but also talks too. And, uh, I don't know. You're going to, it's going to unfold the way it's supposed to unfold, but don't try to change him. Like, don't be like, it'll change. It'll change. Maybe be patient and see how it's going. It's only been, it's been seven months. But like, you know, just listen to that tiny voice inside you. And if, you, if you're like, this is not working for me, I want something different. And also you're very young. Again, you're very young. You know, what is your goal? Is your goal to be happy and laughing and have great sex and feel cozy and safe like you have somebody's arms to fall into and somebody to hold you when no one's looking behind closed doors who can just like, you know, make you feel less alone and like the world isn't so heavy on your shoulders and you want to get married, like, uh, decide what you want. Maybe this works for now. Maybe this will work for as long as you wanted to. But, uh, if you're already sending emails to podcasters like me, that's something because something is, uh, is bothering you. And it might never change. And are you okay? With, are you okay if it never changes? Because it's not that he's a bad guy, but you might just need something different. But also, I I talk about this with my friends. You can't get everything from one person. You know, that's why we have friends and families and like, uh, you know, de- just you have to decide what you want in your own personal, romantic, sexual, love relationship, and like figure that out. Take a beat. Meditate on that. Because you can go talk and express in uh, talky-talky ways with your girlfriends or with other guy friends. I don't know if your boyfriend will like that, but, you know. Um, So I hope that helps. 
but and thank you for your beautiful compliment thank you for saying such nice things i'm glad you like my podcast i hope you still like it after this episode and uh i pray that you're never as hungover as i am today and i also pray that my kisses with this guy that i have a crush on are good and they and that they aren't just smooches with no tongue like the like a previous <laughs> like the previous emailer oh man all right i got this next email it says Oh, it's from Kevin. Oh my goodness. I swear I did not write this to myself. <laughs> oh God. It says, Dear Lexi, anyone would be glad to have you as a girlfriend. You are super beautiful and super gorgeous with amazingly positive attitude. Well, uh, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, and I really did not write that to myself. That was a person named Kevin. I promise. It was, I would not even do that. I shouldn't even have read that, but I didn't. I just printed all these things out. I printed out all the emails and uh, didn't go through them first. Okay. Oh, thank you, Kevin. You hear that, world? You hear that? Okay. Um. Oh, this is from a girl named Laura from Germany. And Ger uh, German Laura, or Laura in Germany, says, Hey, Lexi, I just wanted to leave a short love note to your podcast. I recently stumbled upon it after I heard your conversation with Sophia Amoruso on Girl Boss Radio, and ever since, I've made it a weekly habit listening to the newest episode on my way to work, because it's usually so fun, uplifting, and honest. It really does set my mood right after tackling my day. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, making me laugh, and spreading your message in self-love and empowerment. You're doing a really great job. Greetings from Germany. Love, Laura. Oh, man. Two positive, wonderful emails just stroking my ego and making me feel like I do anything that might be meaningful? What? What? Unbelievable. Thanks, you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, this is probably how I was talking yesterday at CineFamily. I was like, oh, my God, you guys. You guys. See? When I'm ecstatic, I go high. Go okay. Um, ooh, this one says seeking Alexi advice privately. Oh well, privately. Why don't send me an email? And I love whoever sent this to me. I'm not gonna say your name. Uh, I'll call you. Well, I don't know. I'll call you anonymous. But uh, don't send me emails for my advice when you know I have a podcast. What am I supposed to do? Like, I can't be writing back. Just like, I have so much to do. I don't even get paid for this podcast. This podcast is listener supported. So via like, you know, Venmo donations to add Alexi Wasser. So that's always like a happy surprise when I get a Venmo donation. Cause I'm like, oh my God, when I get like a notification from Venmo, I'm like, what? Unbelievable. So exciting. Because usually I'm just like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this podcast. I spend so much time doing it and fretting over it and booking it and, editing some episodes and recording all the stuff. I'm busy. I'm being, I'm busy doing stuff. I don't, I don't get paid for. So when I get an email and it says, don't read this on the air, it's hard for me because that means you want me to essentially be your therapist and give you love advice just on my own time. And I've got to just incorporate it with this podcast. So I apologize anonymous, but we're, we're, you're coming with me. I'm, you're coming with me on the podcast, but I won't out you and I will not embarrass you. And I have nothing but love for you. And thank you for writing to me. Let me read your email now. Hi, Lexi. How are you? I hope you're having a beautiful summer. Longtime fan, first time caller. Heart emoji. A very quick note. I'm not sure if my name is popping up in this email, but I would appreciate it so much if you didn't say my name or my email either. I promise I won't. I won't. Uh, if you're reading this on air. Sorry, just to protect the innocent and my stuff, my career. Okay. Well, 
sorry about that. Not to start off that, not to start off that way, but I'm writing because I'm in desperate need of some advice. I'm in a bit of a love crisis and the person I trust with advice most in this world is a hundred percent you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Seriously, Lexi, you have a gift. I used to listen to your old call-in show and still enjoy the old episodes when I need cheering up from time to time. Please don't ever take those old ones down. You're so talented and have always been so kind to people. And OMG, the episodes with Michael from Here We Go Magic are my absolute favorites. How great is that band, by the way? But sorry to stay off track for you here. Um, But sorry, let me stay on track for you here. I just turned 25. I'm female, and I started dating a guy in September 2016. He's a little older than me, 36. I don't usually date very seriously because I have big dreams, and I find boys can often get in the way of them. But I've known this one as a friendly acquaintance for years, and things suddenly took a turn for the romantic one day. I've never laughed harder and more often with anyone I've dated before. Huge for me. Oh my god, this is Alexi speaking. Side note, are you hearing this? Last emailer. I mean, two emails ago. Are you hearing this? Laughing. This is for anybody. Whatever. Who cares? Like, that's not even for that that email with the girl who was worried that her boyfriend wasn't communicating with her. This just speaks to my entire point about, about the meaning of life, which my mom keeps reinforcing where she's like, you got to laugh. It's so important to laugh with the, the man you're in love with. And I'm like, yes, I know. I just want to be in love with a man who makes me laugh, who hopefully... Oh, I've got, I have great sex with, I really hope I have great sex with the person I fall in love with and, uh, laugh with. Okay. Anyway, um, back to this email. So she just turned 25. Uh, I'm female. I started dating a guy in September. He's a little older than me, 36. I usually don't date very seriously because I have big dreams and find boys can often get in the way of them, but, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I've never laughed harder and more often with anyone I've dated before, uh, before this guy. This is huge for me. We have great sex. We have so much in common. We love the same music, TV shows, comedians, art, etc. Jesus, stop bragging. Um, okay. He courted me in the sweetest and most patient way and was so respectful. I even caught food poisoning on one of our early dates. And instead of running away, he basically held my hair and rubbed my back and calmed me down for the entire night. Did he or did he drug you? I'm sorry. That's just too easy. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm hungover. I'm tired. I'm, I'm making things confusing. That was Alexi. I'm getting back to the email. Okay. So anyway, Lexi, we moved in together fast and we live great together. Surprisingly great. I moved out alone when I was 18 in Toronto from Vancouver. So I've been on my own for quite a while. I'm writing to you from Canada. We moved into a beautiful little apartment together and we have the same taste in decorating. It's idyllic and perfect in so many ways. He makes me feel so beautiful. He says he can't believe how lucky he is the moment we wake up in the morning, and he's so supportive of my art. It's been perfect, except he's totally addicted to weed, and I had to find out for myself. I knew he smoked a little when we were dating for the first few months, but I didn't know it was needed every single day. Often, more than once a day, sometimes three, sometimes first thing in the morning, though I've made him cut back on that. He's completely different. (gasps) He's completely different when he's high, not aggressive or anything, but he's just goofy. And I immediately feel like I'm with a stranger. I have a lot of anxiety and I just prefer it when people are sober. The first few months we lived together, I was in such a rose colored glasses honeymoon phase that I didn't notice how much he smoked. When it started becoming apparent and I started eventually crying about it, talking, trying to talk it, uh, talk it through with him, he promised to cut back. He usually would quit cold turkey for a week. 
I didn't ask him to do it cold turkey, but he chose to try it that way. And then eventually he'd cave and call his dealer. He tried to quit a few times, but he always ends up uh, complaining and promptly goes back to it. He smoked weed quite seriously for the past seven to ten years, he told me recently, and never before that. He gets really angry now when I very calmly try and have a reasonable discussion about it. I just say to him, I'm paraphrasing, but you're so talented and smart and it's just hard for me to watch you smoke your life away. And if I, if I were to ever have kids, their father could never smoke. I'm not even sure I necessarily do want kids, Alexi, but I don't want a pot smoking partner to be the ultimate decider of whether or not I do it. I just don't know what to do. I very recently moved back to Vancouver for the summer to try and figure things out. I say it's because of money and the fact that I'm not sure if I can live with his smoking, and it's true, but we both know it's mostly his smoking. But to jump back, he and I had been living together for about six months, and we still talk every day and are technically still together, but I think on some level he knows I won't be coming back. He knows I won't be coming back to him by the end of the summer if the weed is to continue. One minute he says, just come back, I'll do whatever you want. Then the next he says, I made an effort to quit and that doesn't seem to mean anything to you. I'd have to make all new friends. I don't think it's a big deal. You're perfect to me. So why do you, you're perfect to me. So why do you want to change me? Alexi, I know the answer seems obvious. I know the answer seems obvious. He smokes too much and he shouldn't be with that person. But everything else about our relationship is perfect with him that I cry every day that I'm gone because I do love him. I love him very much. And I think, well, you know, everyone smokes weed. And I just figure that I'll be alone for a long time or forever because I'm too straight edge. I don't mean to sound so square. I've just dated an alcoholic and someone into harder drugs before, and it's hard for me to compromise anymore, even with less harmful drugs. But I'm naturally drawn to more artistic guys because they aren't boring. But they do seem to come with all these vices. I've yet to find a sober one. But, and sorry to go one further here, I also wonder, Carrie Bradshaw voice over voice, is it just a fact that he doesn't love me truly or enough that he won't quit this bad habit, especially when it's obviously very upsetting to me? I feel like if it was reversed, I would quit for him, and I feel like I'm a cool girlfriend for the most part. I'm thoughtful and kind to him, patient and supportive. We have sex every day that we're together. He knows it's kind of a deal breaker for me too, the smoking, but isn't promising he'll quit. I was very depressed for the last few years after a previous heartbreak, and being with this guy has made me feel so happy for the first time in, I don't even remember. We even talk about getting married, something I didn't have much interest in talking about with anyone previously. So the thought of letting him go is so tragic to me. Am I just too old-fashioned with this stuff and need to loosen up? I love you, Alexi Wasser. You are a bright light. I would love your advice on this. Thank you in advance. I loved your last interview with Kevin Christie, by the way. He's a great person. Why aren't you having Alex Karpovsky's babies? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why aren't you having Alex Karpovsky's babies? And if there might be any possibility, I like visiting L.A. in the winter and was curious if you might have a spot for a Canadian at a November or December girls' night in. I can mask my Canadian accent to try and blend in. It would be an honor to meet you one day regardless. There are so many things I've always wanted to ask you. There's so many things I've always wanted to ask you. I would love to hear more about your days in comedy sometime on the podcast. I'm sure you were amazing at it. And did Ariel Pink make your Love Alexi podcast theme song? Sorry for the long, uh, for, sorry for how long this letter is. Sincerely, thank you. I hope all is well with you. Oh my God. 
I can't even, I'm sorry. I like started crying during that thing. I've got to pull myself together. Well, I'm not going to say your name because you asked me not to say your name, but I, you're such a sweetheart. Um, I will say real quick before I get to the main stuff. No, um, Ariel Pink did not write the theme song. That was actually a, a listener. Somebody just, uh, listened to the show and he submitted a theme song and it was so sweet and I loved it. And that's what we ended up using. Oh my God. I'm, your letter just made me tear up. Okay. Let me just say that because I'm not going to edit this episode because I'm just ranting for over an hour. Um, I would love for you to be at a girl's night in if you would please get to Los Angeles so you could be my new Canadian girlfriend at girl's night in that would make my life. And, uh, I was, I hope, you know, I was just teasing about writing, you know, when people write me emails saying, you know, keep it private, don't read it on the air. I wasn't really angry, but I was just hope I made, I hope I made it clear why, why I really wanted to read it on the air. Um, and I'm really glad I did because this is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. I think, um, I was in the exact same situation you're in and I've been, I've dated so many addicts. This is not about artistic. This is not about a guy who's cool and artistic and you just flock to cool guys. I get that. Um, oh shit. There's a lot to bring up in this. Um, you're 25 years old. Okay. This guy is 36 years old and he smokes a ton of weed. You know, it's, it's not right for you. You know, this does not work for you. You, you hear the voice inside you telling you, like, you don't like it. You would never want to have kids with him. He's an addict. He's an addict. You don't like it. Pay attention to that little voice. Okay? And if you've dated addicts before who have, dated, who have uh, been addicted to lesser drugs, who cares? They're all drugs. They're all addicts and they're all, they're all drugs. And, uh, you know... I would really suggest, because I've been there, and I'm only saying that not to be like, I know what I'm, you know, no judgment at all. If anything, I like, I get it. And I'm so with you, and this is difficult, because I know you love him. Oh my God, I know you love him. And it's not black and white, and I get it, it's complicated, but hear me. Uh, This is not right for you. This is not going to work out. He's 11 years older than you. And he's stuck in his ways and he's addicted and you can't change people. You can't. And that feeling of tugging at them and being like, why won't you? He doesn't not love you. Oh my God. No. Oh my God. I wanted to call you baby girl, baby girl. No, this has nothing to do with you, but you're tethering yourself to this guy. And so now you are 50%, you're 50% of this relationship. So you're choosing to stay and, and now you're at odds with yourself. Because you're with somebody and their behavior, that's their behavior, but it, it's not what you want for your life. And that's great. That's, I don't like this phrase, but that's fair. It doesn't work for you. You don't want it for your life, but you're staying and you know you shouldn't. So you're irritated. So you're angry and you're trying to tell him what to do. He, he's only going to do what he can do, you know, and you can't, people can't change people. It's a horrible feeling to try to change a person. It's a horrible feeling to be a person uh, that someone else is trying to change. And uh, I really suggest reading Codependent No More. That is such a good book. That book changed my life because I have dated addict after addict after addict. Oh, my God. I was I was with a guy. Oh, my God. It's my nose. Ugh, gross. Um, getting a little too real here on the Love Alexi podcast. Um, I dated an addict for two and a half years. 
I mean, every guy I've ever dated pretty much was an addict. They've all been drummers. They've all been in bands. My last serious, serious boyfriend I made that short film about. Uh, I mean, if, not that, whatever. Um, it's called Love Alexi, and it was my attempt at a cathartic working through of a breakup. So I made this eight-minute short film about a breakup, and I dated this guy I was madly in love with. We dated as teenagers, then we dated as adults. We, he revisited my life, and we fell in love again, and uh, he smoked like probably 20 spliffs a day. And I didn't like it for the same reason you don't. I'm, I'm not perfect. Whatever. I, I'm hung over from drinking alcohol last night. Yeah, that shit is dangerous too. But uh, when you're waking up and you're just constantly like in a fog or whatever, it it doesn't matter how he's operating. The point is, if you're dating someone, I get it. I used to feel like, oh, we're not on the same wavelength. I don't know what you know, because he's, he's on one track and I'm on another track and I don't like that. It makes me feel alone next to a person. And that's the last thing you want to feel when you're, when you're in love with someone. That's the last thing you want to feel when you're in a relationship. Shouldn't you be cozy and feel like-minded and understand each other or have a willingness to just feel like safe? And when you feel like a stranger next to someone, that's not safe. So what I'm going to say is, make a long story longer, I'm going to highly recommend you get the book on or the audible version of a book called codependent no more um i listened to it several times more than i mean many times because i was dating an an, another addict not too long ago and he he thinks i'm crazy i know this guy that i dated thinks i'm crazy thinks i'm a control freak thinks he had everything under control thinks i'm an asshole for how i reacted to him being an addict or his behavior when he was high or whatever that's fine we don't, we're not together anymore. But I had to read this book over and over again to understand, like, what's my part in it? Why did I? Why do I keep dating addicts? Why did? I, why, did why did I keep dating addicts? Why do I have to look out for that? What is the reward for me? What's the comfort level? Why do I seek that out? Uh, it's this horrible habitual pattern because it takes two people. It's like you're playing roles in this never-ending play cycle thing that, like, you know. And if you don't address it in you, if you've already, if you already know you date addicts, if you don't address it in you, you're just going to meet somebody else who's an addict. It will, it just happens like that. So I would say, instead of being so angry at him, wanting him to change, that's part of this triangle, this like codependent cycle. You're madly in love and then something happens and you're like, ah, you're mad at him for it. And then you feel like you resent him because he's not being the way he should be. But it's like, no, the, all, the only way you can get out of a, uh, to, to fix the situation is leave. My therapist told me this thing one time. He went, there are three ways to handle a situation. Confront it. Um, oh, God. Confront it, ignore it, or leave. So you've confronted him. You can't ignore it, seems like, right? You got to leave. And you got to go to the root of the cause and ask yourself, why... Why do I attract these people? Why am I drawn to these types of people? And it's not good or bad or right or wrong or whatever, but it's like you want to make better choices for yourself and you don't want to feel alone next to the person you want to feel safest with and feel happiest, the most comfortable with. You know, it's a horrible thing to feel lonely next to the, and not be able to talk to the one person you should be able to tell everything to. So... And now you're my new best friend, little sis, and I love you to death, and I want to meet you. So please come to Los Angeles. I will continue holding Girls Night Ins 
in the hopes that uh, I just want I will make it so that they exist in just so that there's a chance uh, that you will attend one of them. Okay, so now you're my new motivation and you inspire me to continue putting on these nights once a month because then, you know, if I make them available, maybe you'll show up um, or other girls like you who would benefit or enjoy them. So thank you so much for writing your beautiful letter. Um, you really did make me tear up and thank you for the compliments because uh, that makes me feel happy and makes me feel like all this stuff maybe matters or something. Um, okay. Oh man, I'm going to get to another email. I've got a few more and I'm going to wrap up this show and uh, yeah. All right. This one is from Mia. It says platonic love question. Hi, Alexi. First off, I love your podcast. Been binge listening for the past week. You are awesome. By the way, I would never have guessed that you're over 30. I always imagined you as max 26. You look great. All right. Cats out of the bag, girlfriend. Oh my God. All right. Thank you. Um, okay. That was me, Alexi, interjecting. And I'm getting right back to the email. Anyway, Alexi, now to the serious stuff. I have a platonic love related question to you. I have this friend who I'm ridiculously attracted to, but at the same time, I don't want to be involved with him romantically. We live in different continents, so any kind of relationship is kind of out of the question. I'm not even sure if he's into me that way. We've been writing to each other for over four years now. I met him in person several times as well. I always felt we had an instant bond and that I could be completely myself with him. Anyway, so my problem is, my last three emails to him were unanswered, and I'm not sure why. One... He's very busy touring the, touring the world. Oh, God. Yes, Alexi. He's a musician and doesn't find the time to answer me. Uh, it's been like three months, though. Number two, perhaps everything I felt we have, i.e. the bond, was just a projection of mine. And in fact, he just sees me as one of those people he meets every once, uh, every once in a while or once a year when he's traveling. My intuition does not let me believe this, though. So my question is, I would like to write to him to ask if everything is okay. He is a very kind person, and I doubt that he would not reply to me on purpose, or would he? Should I reach out to him first for the fourth time, or should I wait until he contacts me first, which could take months, to be honest? Any ideas on this one? Huh. Uh, now I feel a little bit silly writing to you, but you always appeared very approachable to me, so I will try my luck. Uh, best anonymous. All right. Um, I completely have advice for you. And by the way, I don't know why I said it was anonymous because I already said your name is Mia. Okay. Um, my advice is please don't write to him. Do not write to him. And I'm not being mean to you, but here's the deal. You, he didn't write back. End of story. We're done here. We are done motherfucking here. No way. You, uh, dictate how people treat you. He's not responding to you. You don't have to hate him. You don't have to wish him dead. You don't have to wish him anything negative. But don't go towards that. He's not coming for you. And you're thinking about approaching him a fourth time when he's not reciprocated your emails? No thanks. I'm your big sister officially right now. I'm your new best friend, whether you want me to be or not. Fuck that bullshit. Now, it doesn't mean he's not... Okay, he might not be replying to you for a million reasons. We're women. We love to project. We love to come up with uh, things out of nowhere to rationalize some disappointing behavior from men. And let's face it, we're usually disappointed. But why? Men don't do this. What? Stop it. No, don't fill in the blanks. 
look at the uh, at the at the clues you're given, and the clues are he's giving you nothing. He's giving you nothing. Oh man, now I'm warming up to these emails. It only took me an hour to get into this shit. Oh God, now I'm feeling all these feelings. Yeah, fuck this, Mia. We're done here. You know what? Doesn't mean you're not awesome. You are awesome. You're living your life. You got a lot of cool shit to do. Just because he's not writing back to you doesn't mean you're a piece of shit or un- unworthy of love or you're lame or he hates you or he thinks you're gross. Whatever. None of that. Who knows? Who knows what he's doing? He's busy. Maybe he's in love with someone else. Maybe he's fucking some dude. Maybe he's jerking off in a corner doing heroin. Probably not jerking off if he's high on heroin, but whatever. Who knows? Who cares? Okay? It's not your responsibility to get in his head, to figure it out. Just take what you're given, which is nothing, and go, you know what? Does this work for me? Do I enjoy being treated like this? No. I don't want that for you, Mia. I don't want that for you at all. And I sound like I'm being sarcastic. I'm totally not. I'm just like really like revved up and I'm all excited about like having a very clear take on the advice I'm giving you. Okay? So yeah, I hope that helps. I feel good about it. Focus on other shit. Be dis- go distract yourself. Focus on your career, your life. You don't have to throw yourself into the uh, into getting the attention of another guy because I know you had you know you had a connection with this guy you really liked him. Don't try to fill that hole. Oh, too easy. Don't try to fill that with like attention from another guy or, or romantic stuff or sex stuff or whatever. Just take a beat, focus on your career, masturbate. I mean that is sexual, but yeah, masturbate. Take an Epsom salt bath. Write a list of places you want to travel in your life. Write a list of things you want to get accomplished. Just distract yourself. Get, get grounded in yourself, date yourself for a minute, and then let some other bozo walk into your life. And hopefully he won't be disappointing. And that's what I'm excited about. You never know what bozo bonehead is going to come around the corner and be like, what? I can't believe it. Where have you been? So here's to that. Here's to looking forward to that. Um, all right. We get to uh, another email. All right. This one says, hi, Lexi. I am really doubtful about this one. And I really think you have a cold mind to say something that actually makes sense. So I had sex one of, so I had sex with one of his best friends, but he is not my boyfriend. Oh, got it. We met on Tinder six months ago. He was into me, but I was recovering from a really toxic relationship. So I friend zoned him. We still flirted a bit. So when he found out I wasn't into him, that was really selfish of me because I flirted a little too. He stopped talking to me for about three weeks, which I thought was a good idea since I was just being a player with him. The moment he stopped talking to me, his kind of crazy friend started talking to me a lot. In that week, I felt like having sex again because after the toxic relationship, I didn't feel like having sex at all. So I had sex with this friend and we promised not to tell him. After that, the friend got really intense, made me Spotify playlists and once told me to go to Japan with him. Who does that? We had sex once. After some time, the Tinder guy started talking to me again. In that moment, I realized that the whole time I was just really scared to have casual sex since I hadn't done it before. I hadn't had sex with the Tinder guy because I was scared to have sex with someone I didn't trust. It was just a big mistake to find out uh, that his fucking friend, though. It was just a big mistake to find out that Uh, find out that fucking his friend though. What? I don't understand what's happening. Okay. So now we have been having sex and spending some nice cute time together. I really, really like him and I see him with different eyes after the time we were apart. I realized uh, what I had been missing 
and that I really do like him. Also, sex with him is the best I ever had because for the first time, I feel like it's an easy thing. No problems, no violence. Just having a good time with someone like I like and I trust. I don't want, I don't talk to his friend anymore, and we only had sex once, and it was awful and meaningless, but it still happened. The friend hasn't told the guy yet, and I really, really doubt that he'll tell him. There's a possibility that Tinder guy and me are going to build a beautiful relationship and be happily ever after together, but I'm going on a two-month trip soon, so I decided not to tell him yet because things are just happening and we'll stop seeing each other for a long time, so who knows what will happen. So is it worth telling him I had sex with his friend before everything between us has happened? Thank you a million times, Alexi. It's spelled Alessi, but that's fine. I'm I'm totally, I actually enjoy having my name misspelled. This is great. P.S. Your Instagram stories are gold. Oh my God. Thank you. Um, okay. Well, listen, you're going on, I mean, the whole violence thing, I, I, mean, I was very light. You threw that in there, the violence, sexual violence stuff. I mean, that raised, uh, raised a, a red flag for me. I mean, my, my goodness. Um, well, I'm. Oh, God, I just want you to be okay. Don't tell the new guy. I say it's none of his business. It's none of his business. And I know you're worried that somebody's going to get mad at you. You did something wrong. Like, first of all, I don't know all the details because I don't know. You met a guy on Tinder. Then you, then how do you know his friend, that that was his friend? Whatever. It's a lot of missing pieces that I don't quite understand. But suffice it to say, suffice to say, suffice it to say, whatever. It's been a long day. Um. Yeah, let's, I mean, I always assume everybody's going to find out everything. Just be nice to this guy. Hopefully he's treating you nicely. Like that is such a big component. I say that, I've said that before. I'll say it again. Just as long as you're being treated well and you're happy and you're having fun with this new guy, you know, and then you're going to go on your trip. You're going to do what you have to do. Um, Just try to enjoy each other while you're together. You don't have to tell him anything you don't want to tell him. It was only one time. It was a horrible experience for you. And if he brings it up because his friend tells him, you can just say, you know what? I regret it. I didn't really know you. I didn't know where we stood. I didn't know how I felt about you. And now I feel I'm, I feel completely differently about you. And I slept with your friend. Uh, you know, you weren't committed. You weren't boyfriend and girlfriend with anybody. It's not like you cheated. You're a free person. You're, you're allowed to do whatever you want. But you can tell the new guy if you really want to tell him how you feel. Say, you, tell him what you told me. You, you wish it didn't happen. It was a horrible experience. It was intense. And, and you want to leave it at that. And if he can't handle that and he can't forgive you, and you did nothing wrong, okay? Men, if a man did this, a woman a woman would forgive him in an instant. She would be like, it's just such a, it's ridiculous. I mean, I know people have feelings and it's, no matter what they're, you know, male or female, whatever. But uh, don't beat yourself up you're living your life. You had an experience. You learned from it. You like this new person. You're going to go on a trip anyway. Enjoy your time with the new person or the guy from Tinder. And if he brings it up, then deal with it. Then you don't need to bring it up with him. It's really none of his business. And even when he asks you, if, and when he asks you, it's still none of his business. And you can just say it happened. I wish it didn't. It did. I, I want to be with you. That's my business. And if and, and and then you can see how he reacts to that. And if he reacts a certain way and he's a dick about it and he's not understanding it or he's violent or he's an asshole or he's mean or he's judgmental, 
then you you've learned something new about him and you can go wow maybe you don't want to be with a guy who who reacts in a really harsh mean-spirited uh way that isn't understanding so everything is an opportunity to learn about what you want for yourself and what works for you and what doesn't and things come up i think for a reason they they come up and they present themselves to help navigate you to the next step of a relationship or where you're, you know, at the next point of your life. So it's all going to be okay. It's all totally okay. This is all actually good. Everything's fine. It seems stressful, but you're going to be okay. And, and then it, everything will unfold exactly how it's, how it's supposed to unfold. So I hope that helps. Okay. Final two emails. Uh, this one is from Florence. Uh, it says, oh, it's, it's just labeled love. Hi, Alexi. Sorry for the corny subject title, but I just have a question. I've been following you and your journey for love for a really long time, and now I'm an adult, no longer a teenager. I went on your blog randomly, and seeing you write about love and relationships make my heart hurt. I got out of a weird relationship thing about a month ago, and I'm still not over it, and the relationship thing only lasted six weeks. It was very intense for me, and I hadn't felt this way about anyone for so long. But the guy had to take time for himself. It sucks. But the question I have is, how can you continuously be so vulnerable and open with men? I want to date a new guy and move on, but I'm so scared to be that vulnerable again. I didn't even want a relationship in the first place, but the guy crawled under my skin. Obviously, you grieve for the end of a relationship, but how do you do it? And how do you have the courage to meet new guys with the possibility of the end always on the horizon? Is it just a part of life that I need to accept? Thanks and have a good night. Oh man, you know what? I completely know what you're saying. And uh, I know I had, I've had to take moments where I go, you know what? I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It's painful. It's so painful. It's so painful to like be on your own, be content being single and, and fully realized and you feel like you're solid on your own and then somebody gets under your skin and it's a beautiful thing because you hope to fall in love because love is a wonderful thing. And when you forget what love feels like and then you're reminded again, you're like, oh, this thing, the thing that movies are made about and books are written about and songs are written about, the thing that makes you want to get up in the morning and puts like a spring in your step and makes you like feel like you have like a home. It's like so wonderful. But then when you open yourself up and make yourself vulnerable and open to love, yes, you stay, you stand the chance of, uh, having it taken away or ending or dying or whatever. And then it's a gutting, it's a horrible feeling, heartbreak. Oh God, it's horrible. But, uh, and and then you have to pick yourself up again and, and having to continue to pick up, like to open yourself up, be disappointed, feel gutted and brokenhearted, and then pick yourself up again and do it all over again. Yeah. It's fucking hard. It is. It's like, it's funny. It's like, why would I do that? That was crazy. I've done it enough. I'm done. And that's what Kevin Christie in the last episode, he kind of talked about that. He was like, I'm done. I did it. I had a good run. I'm over it. Uh, But, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't, I don't have the answer because I'm in a minute. I think, I think things change. I think like you never want the, the like, hopefulness to end I mean I don't ever want to stop being hopeful about love but I'd like to think because it's true that I'm changing the choices that I make they're changing what what matters to me is changing uh 
the people I attract are nicer and kinder and more right and more what I need. And like, I just, I feel like the long, like when you know yourself better, you get out of things, uh, or there's a quicker turnaround. Like, let me, I don't know if I'm making sense, but let me try to. So I've had these tiny little flings in between my last relationship, which ended pretty quick. I had like a six week stint with something that was very unhealthy that I was very hopeful for. And that ended six weeks. That's not that long, but it's long enough to be affected, to, to be hopeful, to have a whirlwind, then like be gutted and be like, whoa, what happened? And then, but since then I was like, oh, I don't, I've got, I'm taking a break from dating. But then you were only human. If you're lucky enough to have a flirtation or a dalliance or an opportunity to like make out or feel seen or chosen or you're attracted to somebody and they're attracted to you and it's all copacet, it's all happening at once. And, uh, you know, so I've, I've, I started dating again a little bit or opening myself up to like the possibility of making out or flirting or dating, whatever, barely. But then what I realized is the turnaround was quicker because the minute I realized that person was wrong for me, it would be like in the span of like a few texts or a, a date. And I'd be like, this is not working. It's not right. And I, I'd, I'd get out of it quicker. I would communicate. I'd be like, you know what? Like, this is not right for me or I'm just going to not, you know. So I think you maybe get hooked into the wrong things less frequently where the turnaround is quicker and you get in and out of things that are not right for you. That way you don't waste, not that anything's really a waste, but you don't spend time with something uh, that's not right for you as long as you would have in the past. So that's the good thing about like experience and life. And I am getting tired of like dating. I, I'm, I'm so good at being alone. I feel like I better be laughing and happy and with somebody who I really trust, who's going to treat me really well that I go, Oh, they're unshakable. They're a fucking badass. They adore me. I love them too. We're laughing. We respect each other. Maybe we make stuff together. Uh, they live in the same city I live in. Uh, they buy me flowers. I make them dinner. I'm faithful. They're faithful. We're monogamous. We're good to each other. We're kind. Like I want some like real solid shit. Otherwise I'm totally happy to be alone. But you also need the magic. I still believe in the magic. So you have to accept that things could always end. Um, and I know it's hard to like open yourself up and be vulnerable because that's scary because you, you take a chance of being hurt, but you can make a decision. You can close yourself off forever and, uh, you know not date ever again because you you want to avoid that and that's you could totally do that i remember my therapist told me that a long time ago he's like he's like you don't have to engage if you don't want to you could be single for the rest of your life and not engage that's a total choice people choose that or you you throw yourself out in the world and it gets messy and weird and uncomfortable and you figure it out as you go and that's like part of it and that's what i choose and i learn stuff and sometimes you know what i learned breakups are actually fun. You should look forward to breakups. Breakups are like a little perk. Always have that in the back of your mind if you can, that if you're, if you're into something, don't don't hope for a breakup. I mean, relax. But if you're, if you're just starting to get out into the world and you're dating again, and maybe you fall in love and somebody's about to get under your skin and it's all kind of happening, don't be scared. You should be in the moment. You should be excited. You should actually be living it. There's no time to be scared while the wonderful shit is happening. But if you're, in a point where you're gutted and you're really sad 
and you're like, why did this happen? I feel like my arm has been chopped off or I thought he loved me or he said he was going to be with me forever. How can you how could we make these promises to each other, you know, in bed over pillow talk? And then it's a new day and, and he broke up with me or I broke up with it. Or, you know, it's a crazy feeling. I get it. You feel like a rug has been pulled out from underneath you. you. You thought like, how can you trust people? Or you had this one way of idea of how things were going to go and they didn't go that way. But while you're dealing with all that stuff in that moment where you feel frantic, like the person who's been living in your head for years and years and years no longer lives there, but there's a space for him, or you feel like your arm's been chopped off, or you feel like you can't eat, relish the weight loss for one. No, um, relish the weight loss, but also that is when so many amazing things happen. So many cathartic, creative things can happen. You learn about yourself. You throw away all the bullshit you don't need in your, your house. You purge your house. You clean out your closet. You write a novel. You write an album. You write a movie. You make a short film. Uh, you make a painting. You spend more time with your family, with your friends. It's almost like these things need to happen because you're opening, you're making room for something more right and better to come into your life. And you're recalibrating. You're learning from an experience. Be so thankful it happened. Really try to learn what, 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 what you, you know, recognize what you learned and, and what the takeaway is because there is always something. And, uh, and it just makes you better and cooler and stronger and more layered and, and it's all just part of it. You can't know the ecstatic, wonderful feeling of like love without like the opposite end of the spectrum where you're like, oh, this is not love. This is horrible. Oh my God, I want to die. But time makes everything, time makes everything better. I hope. <laughs> time does make stuff better. It lessens the, the severity of the situation. And I have been through some crazy, just like you said, you've read my stuff. You've seen me put myself out there. You've heard about my relationships. You've heard about me, whatever. Everybody is going through this shit all the time. Not just me. I just you know, I just talk about it. I'm just, you know, highlighting that experience in my life. Most people are silently dealing with all this shit. Um, so just know you're not alone. Everybody, that's, that's what matters. Falling in love. Okay. What, what matters? Eating food, having great sex, making a living, doing what you, something you're passionate about doing. Hopefully you, hopefully you have a passion, you have a career. Hopefully, hopefully you have something you like doing that makes you happy and brings you joy and fulfillment. And maybe you're lucky enough to have figured out a way to make a living doing the thing that fulfills you. So that's, that's a big part of life. That's like something you hope to achieve. And then there's fucking or making love or however you like to phrase it. There's eating food to survive or just enjoying food. Uh, what else is there? Trying to leave your mark in the world, figuring out what your purpose is. Are you a nurse? Are you an artist? Are you a doctor? Are you saving lives? Are you being nice to somebody on the street, smiling at them, leaving a ripple effect as you walk by so maybe they're nicer to somebody else or like whatever and so on and so on. I don't know, but it's like, love, heartbreak, life, death. Uh, it's all part of it. Sloppy. I'm here with you. I wish I had a call in advice show so you could call me and I could hug you over the phone. I could hear your voice, but I can't. So I hope this helped. 
And uh, yeah, you're invited to Girls Night In too. Every girl out there, please come to Girls Night In so I can hug you. That's basically, this is what Girls Night In is. It's a bunch of these letters. Each girl is telling their story via, you know, uh, their voice coming out of their mouth as opposed to sending me an email. And then we all talk about it in a really graceful, cool, empathetic, respectful way. Um, and it's not like a bunch, it's not like a bunch of cocaine jabber where everybody's talking on top of each other. Everybody listens. It's very cool. So I hope that helped. And, uh, and this is the final email of this episode. Um, I'm going to leave this girl's name out of it. She sent me this direct message on Instagram. So I'll leave out her at or her whatever that's called. She wrote, I hope this isn't too weird, but I'm going through a breakup uh, that I thought I wanted, but I'm dying. You're probably swamped with messages, but that's, but what's your best advice to not die of cardiac arrest? This is painful. This is so painful. Um, well, I, I think I just talked, I just spoke to that. So I hope what I just said works, but you know what? I'll say it again. Epsom salt baths, cry as much as possible, write in a journal, don't check his Instagram or her Instagram or whoever's, whoever you broke up with or broke up with you. I know you said you thought you wanted it. Reflect on why you wanted it. Reflect on why you don't want it. Maybe when you're calm, you can write a letter and not send it quite yet to the person you might want to get back together with. Just take a moment, take a beat, meditate, masturbate, put your attention on you. I'll say it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Bring it back to you. Get grounded in yourself and, and stop panicking over the other person. I know it's hard. You want to control everything. You want to fix it. You want to make it right. Everything feels out of control. You're used to being in a relationship with this person. You're afraid they're going to be with another person. Stop. Just, if you don't get the person back, that's okay. I believe it was meant to be that way. Something better will come into your life. I know you, everybody wants the immediacy of everything right now, right this minute, because everything moves so fast. But like a week will feel like an eternity, but it's only a week. So like maybe just like take a beat, cry, be nice to yourself, hang out with your friends, see a movie, watch every romantic comedy, watch like, oh God, watch an unmarried woman. Oh, I love that movie. I think it's on Netflix. Watch Hannah and her sisters, watch Bridget Jones Diary, watch Broken English, watch, uh, oh God, watch, uh. Carnal knowledge. That's a funny, weird one to throw in there, but it's a good movie. Um, just go mental watching movies. Distract yourself. I love Sex in the City. I don't care what Kevin Christie said last episode. I love it. Watch all those episodes. They say it takes half the time you're with someone to get over them. And again, coming full circle, or at least to the last email I just got, you're not alone. I, too, might be on the precipice of falling in love and potentially having my heart broken or Anybody, anybody listening could be in the situation. The guy I have a crush on might have his heart broken by me. He's got to take a chance. Then, uh, you know, I've gone through breakups. I survived and I got to this point and I might get to the point of another breakup and I'll survive through it. Whatever. You're not alone. Everybody's going through this shit. You just feel like you're the only one. And I know it hurts and it sucks, but it's... Oh, come to Girls Night In, baby. Come to Girls Night In. Oh God, I hope any of this helps. And uh, it's a long episode of me ranting, reading your emails. But I want to say, I love you guys. Thank you for sending in your emails. Um, 
Next week, I've got Kate Micucci. I'm going to go back to the normal format of the show where I actually interview a guest and I have actress, comedian, hysterically funny, and just very talented actress, Kate Micucci, on the show and uh, from Garfunkel and Oates. And uh, again, send me your emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. If you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. It truly does help me build and grow the show so I can keep doing it. I have a lot of other amazing guests coming up uh, down the road, so I'm excited about that. You'll find out about that later. Excited about Girls Night In, July 1st, and then the next one, July 29th in Los Angeles. If you want to go to that, email me. I gave you the info. Preferably DM me on Instagram if you want to go to Girls Night In, July 29th. Uh, Love Alexi is a listener-supported show, so feel free to donate via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. And uh, yeah, any and all donations are always exciting. Uh, and if you uh, if you donate whatever, I'll shout you out the following week. Um, uh, yeah, and I've got to shout out Stephen Kelly. Stephen Kelly, thank you so much for your donation. You're such a sweetheart. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm serious. Nothing better. Nothing better than a Venmo alert. Uh, nothing better than a Venmo. An email from Venmo is what I'm trying to say. So anyway, listen, I look forward to... Uh, DMing with you guys out there for all friends on social media. You can find me at Alexi Wasser on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, thank you for listening to me rant. I love you. Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 